Hey, how's it going? Thank you guys for joining me for this Monday morning live stream. I know it's a weird time, but thankfully I have some of my uh, fans already tuned in. And thank you to Richard for the uh, super chat. So uh, before I get started, you know, we're, we're probably just going to be talking here for, for a minute or two while, while some people trickle in. But but the title of this live stream today, Silver's Achilles Heel, uh, the, the idea behind this, and it's not going to be all structured. I, I want I want to leave time for discussion, for for questions from you guys, etc. But but what I want to do today is something that you'd call a SWOT analysis. Now this is something I've heard actually recently, and the, and then over at Kitco they actually have been doing it lately. But basically, a SWOT analysis, S W O T, it stands for strengths, weaknesses opportunities and threats. And I want to talk about that for silver. I think it's a really important topic to to discuss about the strengths of silver, the weaknesses, what are some big opportunities in terms of price, in terms of whatever reason you're holding it, and what are some serious threats? Because I want to give you guys uh, somewhat of a balanced output and or, or, or a balanced uh, outlook on, on silver, not just focus on all the positives, but realize that Obviously, there's some threats. I mean, look at where silver has gone since 2011. Look at where silver has gone in the last year. You know, it's down a, a buck or two from where it was a year ago. So I want a, a balanced outlook here um, on silver. And I, and I kind of need your guys' help for this because, you know, oftentimes what, what I'll do is I'll make a video. So, for example, I'll do a video like top five tips for stacking silver or top five, you know, mistakes or whatever, you know, and, and I'll be like, yep, I've got it. This is it. This is the definitive list of the most important mistakes. And then immediately somebody will be commenting to me like, well, actually you forgot this. Um, you forgot this very important tip. You forgot this very important caveat or fact or whatever, you know, for example, I, uh, I put, uh, one, one of my top videos is like, uh, the, the top, X amount of mistakes that you can make when stacking silver or something like that. And, and, uh, right away, somebody comments, actually the number one mistake you can make is not taking physical delivery. And I'm like, Oh, you're actually probably right. And I totally forgot about that because it's just so, you know, and yet it's, it's such a common mis- mistake. People, people choose to, to have their silver housed elsewhere and whatnot. So, yeah, so a lot to talk about today. And again, I'm going to need your guys' help here as we go through strengths and weakness. Type them out in the chat as we go through them. Uh, so again, good morning to Richard, uh, TX Moon, uh, Anagnos. Uh, let's see here. Uh, again, Richard, thank you for the super chat. NG Coins, thank you. Uh, always uh, commenting from Morocco, and I appreciate that. Uh, Shady, welcome from NC, I'm assuming. Newcastle, right? No, North Carolina, probably. Uh, Silver Junkie, good morning to you as well. Uh, Chowder, welcome to you. Anybody else out there? Florida here from Italian G, a very uh, deceptive name there. Um, Anybody else here from the chat? Let me know. Uh, Interesting places. Anybody from Minnesota, maybe? That's where I'm talking from here today. Uh, Anyways, we got 30-some people tuning in at this point in time. So let's get started. Let's do this SWOT analysis. I think, okay, so so SWOT analysis, I think it's kind of, oh, welcome to Rod Brumley, Rod M. Brumley Senior Semper Fi, who, by the way, I learned, or, you know, he's probably commented this in the past, is not a fan of Peter Schiff, um, which is fine. No, uh, boo, Minnesota. I'm going to guess Chowder's probably from, I don't know, Wisconsin. Um Rod M. Brumley is not a fan of Peter Schiff, which is totally fine. Australian here. All righty. So SWOT analysis. 
that's what we're talking about today for those of you that are just tuning in here. And SWOT analysis, it's, it's again, strength, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. It's kind of a buzz term, I think, or maybe it has been for a while in like business and marketing and whatnot. You know, uh, it's, it's, it's people getting together in conference rooms and, and, and talking about what's the strengths of our businesses? What are some opportunities that we haven't evaluated? You know, all that. But but I want to do it for silver. Amuse me here, guys. Okay. I know this is cheesy. Maybe not. I don't know. But but I'll need your help going through this. So strengths. Okay. We're going to start off with strengths for silver. Put them in the comments. Put them in the chat. What are some strengths for silver today? Some, some again, it's hard to distinguish from opportunities and strengths. Alabama, two people from Alabama. Uh, let's see here. Okay, industrial versus nominal asset popularity. Richard, I need to expand upon that. We're, we're going to make a list here, and, and maybe I'll put this on my my uh, 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 feed later on today, the, the one where you can post text on, on YouTube, which is crazy. Store value. All right. That's a good one. Tangible asset. See what else we got here. Volatile. That can be a strength. I, I'm actually going to put that under weakness, I think. <laughs> uh, low spot price. Yeah. It, okay. Store value. Tangible. And I'm just going to put undervalued. Slash affordable. And I'm going to add to that and put limited downside risk. Now, some people would disagree and say silver is at eight bucks an ounce, but I'm going to put limited downside risk for for strengths. Let's see. Venistan uh, uh, put tax-free. Not necessarily, so I'm going to leave that off there for now. It's a, it's a little bit more. Um, Rob, uh, we'll keep that question in mind. Thoughts on mega mergers. Let's see here. Uh, history. Yeah, absolutely. History as money store of value. A reminder, you know, back in the day, there was, you know, companies. I, I can't think of any big companies from like 2,000 years ago. But even, you know, the East Indian Trading Company, is that still around today? That's a thing, right? Or is that just some Pirates of the Caribbean? But but silver, you know, the silver that was around during the times of Pirates of the Caribbean. I know it's not a real show. It's not a real no, I love doing that with my wife. We'll be watching a movie that's clearly not real, like like Pirates of the Caribbean with all the supernatural stuff, and be like, "It's crazy that this is based on a true story." And just like she just rolls my rolls her eyes at me. But uh, Ray from Minnesota, nice to see you. But but um, what am I talking about here? Uh, yeah, the silver that was mined two thousand years ago, a thousand years ago, fifty years ago. Now that's if it's still around today, which it is. I mean, unless it's been somehow converted into a different element through some, you know special, you know, uh, whatever they use, a particle collider or something like that, still around today, still worth money. Can't be, the same cannot be said for for oil that was pumped out of the ground 10 years ago or a company that existed maybe a year ago or 200 years ago, et cetera. Okay, still in strengths. Um, let's see here. Protection of assets, Rod says. Uh, only tax-free on purchase. To some extent, unfortunately, they're still adding new stuff. Shiny. Okay, I'm going to put that under strengths. That is a big strength. Shiny. Let's see here.
Voodoo, we're talking about strengths at this point for silver. Okay, it is a real company. Okay, uh, prevents wasting. Okay, yeah, I'll put savings. It's an effective savings with uh, um, helps you to be more principled with your money, smarter with your money. So we'll put that in strengths. Uh, microbiological, yeah. Well, I'll just put medical uses. Actually, the ones that have not been fully explored yet. Uh, let's see here. Industrial demand. You guys are helping me out a ton on this because otherwise you get have to listen to me talk about all these strengths and weaknesses and whatnot. Uh, let's see here. Can be used as a weapon better than a dollar bill. That's, that's a strength. I'll put it down. And a dollar bill. All righty. General stack. I knew I should have bought silver instead of East India Trading Company stock. It's been nothing but 500 years of down, down, down with that stock. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, all right. So I think we, okay, discrete. Yeah, outside of the system. I'll just put that. Should be. I mean, you can put it on the blockchain. People can house it in warehouses, uh, you know, uh, vaults or whatever. But um, Don Smith. God's money. You're right. I mean, it was used throughout biblical times and whatnot. Um, and, and I think there's a strong case for it. But that's a topic for another video. But but a strong biblical, biblical case for, for buying silver and gold. Okay. So we got quite a few there. Let's talk about weaknesses. This is, okay, This let's be honest here. There's some weaknesses. Why don't I have a whiteboard? I know this would be so much better with a whiteboard. Alrighty. Maybe I'll have to do it this way. All right. All right. Uh, let's see. I'm over. So I'm on. Have you guys heard of Steemit? I use it all the time for simple posts. You know, we'll, we'll just keep it like this for now because this is me a lot of going back and forth then. Okay. Weaknesses. Heavy. Thank you. Especially relative to gold. Not relative to like tin or lead or something like that. Can't use it to pay bills. So I'll put no real use as money today for the most part. I mean, that's not totally true, but for the most part. Okay, liquidity. He says, uh, let's see who is that. Hector says, when and where to sell when everything goes down. Yeah, I'll put liquidity. Slash. Selling during crisis. Maybe it's going to be easy to sell. Maybe not. Depends on the situation. What's up, Mellow Stacker? We're talking about weaknesses for silver right now. We just went through strengths. We're going through weaknesses now, so you can put them in the chat. Um, okay, awareness. Limited awareness. You're right. I mean, compared to where it was in you know, 70s, 60s, etc. Limited awareness, popularity, especially... In the West, maybe not necessarily the case for somewhere like India, but yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Chowder says premiums. Boo. Yes. Premiums are a huge concern with silver. And I need to address these more in the future. Premiums, especially relative to gold, right? Or, I mean, let's be honest here, relative to SLV, right? It's easy to make paper. Uh, it's not easy, right? Because nobody knows where the market's going. But with something like SLV, you don't have to worry about premiums. 
right? Buy it with a, a free uh, trading broker or whatever, and and bam, you can buy it with no premium, sell with no premium for the most part, right? There's just a small bid and ask spread of any on, on something like that type of an ETF. Whereas if you're buying silver and gold, uh, you're lucky if you can buy it at spot. You might not be able to sell it at spot, right? You might buy above spot and sell at spot. You know, there's a premium, there's a spread there in, in the current situation, okay? Heavy, um, unpopular, low investor demand for the most part. I mean, it's higher than it's been in the past. Okay, fakes, right? Fakes. Is it real? Question mark. High premium stuff. Yeah, market saturated with... I'll put is the semi numismatic market too saturated? I tend to think that it might be. I would agree, TX Moon. Okay, so Shady says I just paid my mechanic four ounces to repair my car. Yeah, you're right. That's why I said for the most part. I mean, you can use it for money. It's just, yeah. Alrighty. Um, family from Asia, they stack gold, very little silver. Y- yeah, I mean, yeah, it's. You're right. China, even in India, they do stack a lot of gold, but silver does put in the picture is in the picture as well. Uh, I guess you know what I'm not going to argue with you because if you are from Asia, I mean, you probably know better than I. But uh, let's see here. Heavy to store and transport. I think we have that down. Stocks of throughout the century. Suppressed value, manipulated price. Is that a strength or a weakness? I mean, we have to talk about here. Is that a strength or a weakness uh, that that silver has been manipulated? I'll put it in threats. When we get to the T of the SWOT analysis, we'll put it in threats. Okay, Chowder brings up a great point. Cheap price to mine when a byproduct. Now, that's going to come back up when we're talking about opportunities here in a second i'll explain that but wow shady 300 dollars repair for four ounces of silver that's impressive Alrighty. any other weaknesses going once going twice and i realize that takes a while for you guys to hear this before i actually say anything so I'll give you a second or two to put any more weaknesses and then we'll move on to opportunities for silver a lot of people are trained to think silver has no value. There you go. Especially, um, per, I'll, I'll put perception about silver because uh, here's the thing. In, in the wider population, people understand gold and silver have value. They don't know why. They don't buy it for the most part. But the financial community, those are the people that are trained to say, yeah, silver's got a value as a commodity, right? Not as anything else, not as a safe haven. And, uh, no, so perception especially within financial community, right? So who is it that buys the silver? It's the commodities guys, right? It's not the stock people. It's not the people looking for a good hedge. They're going to hedge with what? Uh, oh, okay, I'll put uh, theft. Somebody put that down as well. They're, they're going to uh, uh, buy some bonds or, or hedge otherwise, cash, tips, or something like that. See, Price determined by COMEX. Yeah, it's a paper market. That's absolutely paper market sets physical price. Awesome. All righty. Let's move on to opportunities. 
Okay, yeah, Motor City Stacker. Silver always appreciates more percentage-wise than gold. Higher upside. You're absolutely right. Higher upside than gold, historically speaking. Gold goes up 100%, silver might go up 150, 125, 200%, et cetera. What other opportunities? Easy to obtain. I'm going to put that back in the strengths because it is relatively easy to obtain these days. Yep, crypto says return on investment better than AG, gold. Absolutely. What else do we have for opportunities? I'm going to put byproduct mining there. What do I mean by that? You guys keep putting strengths or, or sorry, opportunities there. This is something I talked about a lot in the past. Byproduct mining for silver. Uh, so the idea behind this is that, hey, silver is commodity, right? Well, not really, but it does have a lot of industrial demand. And so if the economy tanks, is silver going to tank as well because of that drop off in industrial demand? Well, something important to keep in mind is that, A, during an economic downturn, you might see an increase in, likely would see an increase in investment demand. You've seen this post-2008, post-financial crisis, a huge spark of, of, of silver demand. But second of all, because so much of it is mined as a byproduct at primarily, what is it I talk about all the time? Lead, zinc, copper, and gold mines. Now, gold, those mines very well may stay in business. But the other three, they might not go out of business, but they might have to cut back their production, which means, therefore, less silver produced as a byproduct. And now, all of a sudden, you have a, a drop in supply coming onto the market because the, the uh, primary silver miners just can't keep up. They, they might be able to increase by 5 or 10% on a year-over-year basis, but you know, maybe more, I don't know, but they're not being able to keep up with, with total demand because by pro, uh, 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 primary silver miners, they only account for something like 15, 20% of the total silver supply or mining supply coming onto the market. So I put that in the opportunities, byproduct mining. So if, if you have an economic downturn, you might see a decrease in supply coming onto the market, which could lead to a Shortage, especially if there's a ton of investment demand. All right, where are we? Oh, so Shady says AG. Oh, better for, okay, maybe it is. Okay, I was getting AG and AU confused. Yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> but he's, I think he's saying better for AG, better than AU, I guess. Uh, let's see here. Incredible upside for the debt saturated system and unstoppable industrial demand. I'll put new industrial demand. Who knows what that's going to be? Electric cars, more and more solar panels, all of those things could play into it. And then uh, debt based, <laughs> what are we going to call it? Uh, a a debt based fiat Ponzi. Okay, generational debt based. Is that what Chris Dwayne calls it? Generational debt based fiat Ponzi scheme. Finite. Havoc short 420. This is, or sorry, 120. <laughs> uh, silver is finite. You're right. Unlike cash and, and stocks and bonds, etc. Sorry, Shady. Still no whiteboard. All right. Um, Opportunities are looking forward. Alrighty, so 
Uh, okay, so um, welcome to Silver Baggins. He's a uh, great channel to uh, check out if you haven't already. Younger guy like I am, a dad, and he has about 10 times the amount of enthusiasm that I do. And, and you know what? I, I like to think that I put a decent amount of enthusiasm and, and, and excitement into my videos, but he's like, what is up, guys? Silver Baggins here, whatever. Silver, yeah. Check him out if you haven't already. Great channel, great resource, honestly, especially for those of you that, that don't care as much about this economic stuff that I talk about or whatever, and are more into silver and like, what a stack and, 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 pros and cons of this versus that. If, if you're looking for some sweet poured silver, great channel to check out. Um, let's see here. Go back future money. Oh yeah. He says, what's up my Baggins dragons. That's what he says. Tell my Baggins dragons. Uh, let's see here. Actually paper one is a portable pulp when made into paper. Okay. I don't know where we're going on this. I feel like silver baggage just totally sidetracked us from we're talking about opportunities here, guys. Opportunities for silver. What are some more opportunities? Because there's a ton. I'm gonna put supply shortage. Huge one. Monetization of silver. Think that's ever gonna happen? I'm doubtful, but it could. Monetization. It looks like I spelled that right. Um, monetization. Uh, let's see here. What else we got? I should go to live chat instead of top chat so I can see you guys sooner. There we go. Uh, let's see here. Any other opportunities? Because there's got to be more for silver here. We got higher upside than gold, byproduct mining, new industrial demand, generational debt-based fiat Ponzi scheme, finite supply, supply shortage monetization of silver what else we got here all right well apparently that's all we have for opportunities for silver not that many opportunities very interesting well the, the thing is charity make a good point the thing is is like i always talk about this with silver that yeah it can increase in terms of purchasing power because never mind the dollar value or fiat value. It can, can increase in purchasing power. And I think it will because I, I, I think it's undervalued. Just a question of how much. And, and at the end of the day, the, the real strength in silver is and, and, and with gold is that maintaining the value, right? I think it's going to go up. But I also don't think it's going to go up 100 times from what it is now in terms of purchasing power or 50 times or even you know 10 times would be a bit of a stretch, right? Uh I think unless we have a, a, an acute shortage, if we have um, something like that, but let's see here. Yeah. That's what half breed 808 says. I hold my silver for insurance. If I'd rather have it and never need it than need it and never have it. And that's what, you know, Lewis from smell gold. I had him on last Friday and, and I can't remember if this part was recorded or not, but he says, you know, in terms of like an insurance policy, you buy it. Do you ever want to, be paid on that insurance policy, whether it's a car or life insurance or something like that. Ideally, no. It's just kind of like a, a backdrop, like a failsafe, a, a backup plan. But it's nice to have in case you do end up needing it. Now, I think it's a little more nuanced than that for silver. I think, again, purchasing power-wise, it can increase quite a bit. But 
if, if you're looking for a speculative investment, if you're looking for something to increase like a ton, I mean, look to something else, you know, silver can fill that role, but that's not the number one reason to buy it. That's maybe a bonus, right? There's other options out there. Uh, dare I say it, cryptos, right? Or penny stocks or something. I'm not saying buy those, but I'm saying historically, they are the ones that increase like a ton in terms of purchasing power. Um, let's see here. Opportunity cost. Yeah, threats. Okay, moving on to threats. Uh, opportunity cost. Uh, cost. So Chowder's talking about this. So basically what he's saying is that you're a... Uh, that silver you bought a year or two ago, it could be in the markets right now. Now, th there's obviously the price of the stocks that matters too, but he's talking about dividend here. You could be making dividends in the markets. And, and I think the mistake that a lot of people make is, is that e you have to be all in in one or the other, which is wrong. And second of all, you have to stay in one the entire time when in reality, maybe there's a time to, to move from one thing to another. But dividends are a good reason to own stocks. Now, the problem with that is if you're making an X amount of dividend and, and stock market crashes, well, you got a problem then because who cares if you're getting, you know, a couple percentage in dividends a year, even on a really good one. And, you know, the stock itself crashed, you know, 20% or something like that. Uh, Chowder stock market is better than silver, better than cash over the past hundred years. Uh, you, you'd probably be correct in saying that. And yet, you know, there's time periods where, well, two things add to that. I'm not arguing with you. I'm agreeing is that there's times in which silver has done better than the stock market because the stock market's gone down a ton or silver's gone up a, t a ton. And the other thing is that, you know, just because that's how it's been in the past, I mean, that's how it's going to play out in the future. Um, let's see here. Threat. Manipulated asset pegged to a manipulated currency. Manipulation, pegging. Let's see here. Any other threats to silver? I think there's a lot, probably. Okay, we got manipulation. We got um, time-wise. It uh, could take too long. I'll put that down. Could take too long to play out because then people leave or they die or they retire and they need to sell it or something like that. Um, Chowder says, I've never heard somebody getting rich, so I'll put limited upside. I think there's a big upside, but it is relatively limited maybe, I guess. Uh, confiscation. Okay, that's a real one, especially... You're not owning in your own possession. Now, yes, they could still confiscate it that way, go door to door or something like that. But uh, also put, I'll put legislation because I talked about how in the past, you know, in theory, maybe the precursor or something like uh, um, um, confiscation would be huge taxes on buying and selling silver and gold or just not right ban on it or, or you have to jump through hoops or you only can sell or buy so much because they're worried about money laundering, right? Uh, terrorist activity or 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 um, uh, drug uh, uh, dealing or something like that. Uh, so TX Moon says someone invents a synthetic silver. Well, I'll put graphene, right? Because graphene in theory should be able to maybe replace silver in some rules. 
Richard, look at the Hunt brothers. They would have gotten rich, but the government included to break them. You're right, Richard. I mean, they they um, they did. I mean, they they changed the rules of the game. Uh, let's see here. YouTube search Peter Davy boils water with sound to know the real reason on silver. I'll have to check that out. I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, third party risk. Um, third party risk, I guess, if you're holding it somewhere else. Uh, what's up, DB Stupid? Let's see here. Yeah, you're right, Shady. I mean, let them come. I mean, that's now it, it's it's not quite the same as like guns because there's a lot more gun owners than there are silver owners, and gun owners are gun owners. I mean, they can use them to defend themselves. Whereas silver, I think a lot of us probably own firearms, but maybe not. You know, Australia, Germany. I don't know. Not to say that they're totally outlawed there, but certainly not as common. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's. And it's a smaller segment of the population, right? People won't be as up in arms about it or whatever, right? Um, hello to Jim, Bob, Slim Pickens. You've probably been in here for a while and I just never said hi. So I just feel like a terrible person. Yeah, you've been here for a while. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, let's see here. DB Stupid's Hunts entered the paper markets once they saw that it was detached from the physical demand. Yeah, I mean it. Yeah, I think there's it's it's there's multiple reasons for it. I mean, part of it was I think that yeah they wanted to make money. Part of it was that they wanted to protect their wealth. I mean, remember that the Hunt brothers, the Hunt's family, was very wealthy in the '70s, and I think they wanted to protect some of that wealth going forward. And they saw that hey, we just got taken out the gold standard. Look at all this inflation in the '70s. Maybe it's time to put it into something real, right? Uh, like silver and you know, had they done it in a different way, maybe they wouldn't have been targeted. I tend to think that they would have because of the amount of wealth that they wanted to try and convert into to physical. Yeah, I'd put that into opportunities, in fact. Um, opportunities for for uh, uh, silver is another billionaire comes along and, and buys it. Um, now, how much would they be allowed to buy because of the system and the way it is. I don't know. But, you know, like a Warren Buffett buying physical silver, right? And it'd have to be physical, right? Not just buying a billion dollars worth of SLV or something, but but physical silver. Let's see here. Uh, Tim Kaine's got a great question. Tim Kaine, the, uh, uh, what, VP to, to Hillary Clinton, right? That was Tim Kaine, right? Thinking of the right name. I know you're probably not the same guy. Or else you've, uh, yeah. Oh, wait, no. Tim, oh, maybe it's spelled different. Yep, with an I. Sorry. I know it's not you. <laughs> I don't know why he'd be watching my stuff, but uh, let's see here. Jim Bob's no pistols, automatic rifles, or or I'm guessing semi-automatic as well, or slingshots, slingshots even. Uh, I know it's different. I was just joking, guys. But um, that's ridiculous. I mean, that's. I, uh, yeah, I, I mean, that's one of the great things about the United States. You know, I, I saw this article shared just yesterday. It was uh, uh, this Washington Post article. Okay, that you, we know where this is heading. It's about guns. It's a fact about Instagram gun owners uh, that, that you know, glamorize gun ownership and, and t- the tactical life and whatnot. And, and the whole thing was written as if, like, there's something problematic with all this. Like, why do these people own guns and why are they – 
glamorizing and whatnot. And it's just like, I, I can't wrap my brain around this. Like, why does it have to be problematic? Why does this whole piece have to be written with kind of a negative, like a holier than thou, I know a better way type of approach. Why can't you just evaluate it, evaluate the community as a bunch of individuals that all have different ideas, but as a whole, I mean, we're gun owners are for the most part, pretty good people. I mean, you look at, you look at the stats. I mean, yeah, I get it. Guns are used in crimes. They're used in mass shootings, whatever. Uh, but w- when you, when you look at the facts or something like, I don't know, concealed carry holders, right? What percentage of them are the ones committing the crimes? It's a very, very small percentage of lawful gun owners that commit crimes. Right. Um, and, and that's by no means like, even if it was like 10% of all concealed carry holders committed crimes, by no means is that an argument to outlaw guns. But I'm just saying that it's not us that's a problem. It's it's uh, uh, whatever it is that, 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 you know, primarily a lot of this gun violence, you know, you see these articles out there. And I know I'm going on a rant here about uh, gun ownership because I'm a, I'm a very passionate, you know, Second Amendment uh, uh, advocate or, or, or supporter. Uh you see these articles about there. Look at this record amount of mass shootings in the United States in an X amount of year. You know, you never hear about these, and it's ridiculous the methodology that they use to, you know, the 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 threshold for what's considered a mass shooting in the United States is like, what's your idea of mass shooting? What is it like? If if you could say like, if I said mass shooting, what you know, mass shooting comes to mind? It's going to be uh, Columbine or or what's the one up in uh, the Northeast? Uh, totally forgetting the name of the, 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 you know, elementary school um, or the, the uh, theater shooting in, in uh, Colorado. Again, I'm forgetting the town there as well. Aurora, Colorado. Um, or, or um, yeah, Mandela's Bay, right? The, the, the Las Vegas shooter, right? That's what you're thinking about or some sort of terrorist action or something. Are you thinking about like a mass shooting being, you know, two gang members being, gunned down by some other gang member in a rival gang. No, it's not really a mass shooting. I, I wouldn't consider it. And yet a lot of times that types of things falls in that category or school shootings, right? A gun goes off nearby a urban urban school or something like that, or technically on the grounds or something like that. Or, and they consider it a, a school shooting. And it's like, no, that's not, this is, this is phony. This is biased. Um, they aren't the problem that they are, but even if they were, it's not a good argument to take away the right to self-defense or to outlaw the second amendment or something like that. Let's see here. Um, Ups and down says he would unsub me if I wasn't a second amendment supporter. Well, good. You should. No, no, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I, I, I get the argument from both sides of the aisle, but it's, yeah, it's uh, Sandy hook. Thank you. Silver junkie. Yeah. You know um, it's, never mind what the crime rate is, which is low for lawful gun owners. Well, by theory, it should be zero or or, or by, by definition, right? Lawful gun owners. Um, Never mind uh, the fact that mass shootings really aren't that common in the United States. Never mind, uh, you know, all these other, never mind the fact that that gun ownership is super, super high in the United States. I think there's more guns in the United States than there are people. And yet, most of them never are used to kill another human being. Never mind all that. Let's just go to the basics of, of rights, of liberty, of, of, of the right to self-defense, um, why the Second Amendment was put in place, which is not to go out and hunt 
uh, uh, hogs or deer or whatever, rabbits, segments, not even necessarily in place to protect your family, protect your house. Maybe that's part of it, but, but primarily the second amendment was to protect against tyranny, right? That if the population own more guns than there are people in the United States, then that's, that's a serious check, right? Talk about checks and balances in the U S government. The second amendment is a huge check and balance against, and, and I get it. People will say, well, <laughs> the U S militia are, are no, U.S. gun owners are no match for the U.S. military. And that's a terrible argument because you got to understand that a good portion of the U.S. military, U.S. police, et cetera, are 2A supporters. And those that aren't would would not fare well, I don't think, against the millions of gun owners in the U.S. But, okay, that's not about guns. Um, let's see here. I, I think we went through all of them. Was there another thing I was going to talk about? Threat, older generation dying. There we go. Thank you, Chowder. All righty. Where are we at here in the chat? Sometimes I go on these rants and I, I totally miss at where we're at in the chat. And you notice that since Trump has been elected, school shooting and other false flags have largely ceased. Well, now that's going into the false flag talk about mass shootings and, and and i get it there's a good example would be the mandalay bay shooting which mandalay bay shooting which i think was during the trump presidency that was yeah 2017 so i mean they've happened it's just i i get it. i'm not going to go into conspiracy theories not because i i am not a fan of them i am it's just that that's a whole other topic and let's see here uh invest in metals gold silver lead yeah, and brass or, or steel, I guess, if you have like an AK or something like that. Yeah, I uh, I saw an awesome deal the other day. It was uh, online. It was um, 1,500. I bought 1,500 rounds of 22 ammo. I don't even own a 22. I want to buy one, right? I don't, but I don't um, for, for less than $50. Yeah, it's free shipping. It was a pretty great deal. Uh, 1,500 rounds. Wow. Because, well, they act as a great barter tool potentially in a really bad situation but also because i want to buy 22 and you know if you guys remember uh post sandy hook and in 2013 14 etc 22s and ar-15s and whatnot they went way up in price because of you know supply and demand and fear about whatnot and you know uh <laughs> chowder boo hiss no politics um if you remember you know what yeah, this brings me to another topic. You know, back in 2016, shortly after I started this channel, I uh, I talked about a potential very good investment. Thank you to Chowder, 499 for your chat. I'm sure if you have a, thanks for your channel. Well, thank you for tuning in. I haven't seen you around a ton, but I'd like to see you around more in the future. Um, yeah, I probably will get a Ruger 1022, by the way. But, uh, you know, back in 2016, I just started this channel. Those videos from back then aren't up anymore. But long story short, I put up this video titled, uh, you know, are guns going to be a good investment in the future? And the idea was, I had a good feeling, and I was wrong, obviously, that Hillary Clinton was going to win the election. And in theory, AR-15s at the time were pretty cheap compared to where they were in the past. Are they going to be a good investment? And, well, long story short, Trump won. Now, is he pro 2A or not? Well, long story short, there's not a huge fear, at least out there, about a assault weapons ban or magazine ban or something like that. So 
they weren't a good investment. But coming up on 2020, if you were to lose, that is a good bet that, you know, if Democrats took control of the House, the Senate and the White House, that we'd see some pretty sweeping nationwide gun regulation and or at least the threat of it, a serious threat of it. And so, you know, are things like guns going to be a good? Now, the thing with guns and ammo is that there's a level of liquidity. So what is the least liquid? I mean, this is a spectrum when we're talking about guns and ammo. Least liquid would be a uh, customized uh, rifle or handgun in a odd caliber. Right. Um, I'm trying to think of, of just an odd caliber that's not never fully caught on. Like I'm thinking of like a hunting rifle chambered in like, uh, what is it? Uh, 300 Winchester short magnum or something. Right. WSM. I think that's short magnum or something or or 270 or something like that. Right. Um, and, and then you can move into like air 15s, air 15s, AKs are a little more liquid, but if you customize it and whatnot, it, you've lost some of that. Like I, ideally what you'd want is mostly just like stock air 15s or AKs to sell. Well, maybe ones that you've never fired really. Right. Uh, from, from reptile brands, right. There's different, again, different levels, maybe an air 15 uh, from something like a, a higher uh, priced one. Um, what's a, what's a really fancy air 15 company out there. Right. If, if you bought one from like, like an HK or SIG, those are, those are pricey. Let's say you bought one from like uh, 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 Daniel Defense or something. I don't want to say it because I think they've made some questionable comments about gun control in the past. Maybe not. Maybe I'm thinking of a different company or maybe I misinterpreted, but something pricier, right? Okay, that's that's got the higher segment of the market, but something cheaper as well, right? Um, something in the $600 range from, from one of these less expensive companies. Okay, that's a little bit more liquid than the guns we we're talking about before. But then you have things like AR-15 lowers, right? Completed or stripped, right? Those are even more liquid. And then you have moving to the realm of things like ammo, 223, 308, 9 millimeter, 45, 22, obviously. Um, those would be kind of some of the big ones out there. And then also you have magazines, Air 15 magazines would probably be the number one. I mean, AK magazines to high capacity, quote unquote, high capacity, Glock magazines, things like that um, in terms of liquidity. If you want to make this into an investment, I think it could be a great one. Uh, what's up to Gaines Investor? We're talking about guns today, apparently. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, any opinions on uh, Jesse Smollett? This is from Tim Kaine. Um, further up in the chat ridiculous i mean it's it's i mean it's 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 not surprising um i i'll I'll put it this way i think the media has magnified a lot of tensions in this country over for, for a long time but especially over the last you know 10 years racial tensions and otherwise political tensions i i don't think that they're high as as high as some people make them out to be, right? The idea of a civil war because of racial tensions or something. No, that's not going to happen. Now, there's other things that can come into play. For to, And again, media can inflame these tensions and drive us in that direction. But I, I'll put it this way. It's unfortunate that he made that decision. And of course, he's talking about Jesse Smollett, the star of some show on, on Fox that 
uh, first sent a letter to himself with a threat, right? It, I think it was what crushed up like aspirin or something. It's supposed to be like anthrax. It wasn't. It was, it was an, an attempt to, to garner sympathy. That didn't work. And so instead, what he did is he faked an assault. He, he, he hired some people, people he knew to assault him and make it look like a white supremacy attack from Trump supporters. It was not. Uh, I mean, he hasn't been charged. He's been charged. He hasn't been convicted yet. So we don't know for sure, but that's certainly the way it's looking. Okay. To, to again, garner sympathy. And it backfired big time. He's been charged with a ton of felony accounts. Now it's unfortunate because he, he really, that diminishes the, 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 the weight of any legitimate um, hate based attacks or just assaults in, in general, not, not just white supremacy. They go the other way. They go in all sorts of directions, right? There's plenty of hate in the world, right? It's not unlike when, when a woman makes a false accusation of rape on whatever basis, it, it throws doubt at, at, the real victims out there, which there are plenty of. Now, in the whole scheme of things, when we're talking about racial relations in the United States, now I'm not black and I can't speak to this perfect, per- perfectly. That's is that a surprise you guys. I'm not. I'm white, very white. Uh, but it's it's a problem. But but the media has inflamed it so much that I think they've made it more of a problem than it actually is. Right? Whether we're talking about you know Ferguson or or Minneapolis or or, or what is it, Charlottesville, or, you know, it's Antifa versus Trump supporters, and that's more political than just racial. It's, I don't know, it's it's unfortunate. So I guess my take on it is it it's a real cowardly thing to do, and it really diminishes uh, uh, the real uh, hate-based or other assaults that take place out there. Is an assault that's not hate-based? You know, a lot of times probably not. But, but you know, the whole scheme of things, it's, Still, I think a problem that's a little bit more magnified by the media than it actually is. I mean, that's just what they've been doing for a while now. Um, let's see here. DB stupid. We we kind of talked about that, and I'm way back in the chat. Sorry, guys. We already talked about the the Achilles heel heel a bit here. Uh, thank you, Silver Junkie, for the kind words. Uh, looking forward to next videos and whatnot. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. You guys are a big help of. Uh, terms of, of support and and why I do what I do here on this channel. Troxo says, notice that 22 ammo is now available. Well, this is not the case during Obama, Edmund. Well, yeah, a lot of this demand. And then they had to increase production, which takes a while. And, you know, the margins on 22 ammo is not super high. Let's see here. Forty-one Magnum. That's a that's an oddball caliber. 4570 is another oddball one. Yeah, but Benchmade, I, I saw that as well. That so Benchmade, a fairly popular knife company, they they uh they and I think is Oregon is a police department in Oregon that that is in their home state. They they went to Benchmade and they said, Hey, we got all these guns, can you cut them up for us, destroy them? Benchmade said, sure, let's post it on our social media. Terrible PR move. And, and yeah, let's see, um, cigarettes, liquor, that'd be great to barter with now. I mean, I, I've, I've mixed feelings on that. Do I drink? Sure. From, from time to time. Do I smoke? No. Now, do you, do you want to continue helping people along with those vices? I, I don't know. I, there's some moral pieces to that as well. 
I don't know if I would choose those first, not to say that I don't drink that. I wouldn't drink in that situation. Um, but there's plenty of other bartering tools as well. But those are would be very popular. People want to forget. Uh, they want to whatever. Uh, take the edge off. Ace one, you are way off topic. Let's see here. We fi- I'm finally getting closer to where we are here in the chat. Survival has no morals, TX Moon. You know what? Like to some extent, I guess. I I I I think that there are some morals to it. It's it's not always easy moral situations, right? Um, especially if we get into really um chowder says talking about guns make me want to drink. I don't know if that's <laughs> serious or not. Are you a big gun guy, Chowder? I don't know. I know little about you, but um DB stupid. I have 30 plus ATM machines. So my cash position is at work. Hey, not a bad idea. Um, so, okay. TX mood survival is no morals. I'd like to think that it does. I would. I mean, that's, again, you have to weigh these things out. So here's an example. Extreme maybe. Okay. But let's say we're in a real bad situation. Okay. Let's say we're like in Venezuela. Let's say, by the way, have you? we'll talk about Venezuela here in a second. Okay. So, so put that in the back burner, but let's say, we're in a situation here where, where, you know, the whole supply chain's frozen up, the power grid's down, and, you know, food and water is like what you need to survive. Now, ideally, you'd be able to freely give food out to whoever needs it. But the fact of the situation is you probably have a limited amount of, of, of food, and you need to, well, preserve it for yourself and for your family. And so at what point do you turn people away or tell them, no, nope, we don't have any supplies because you want to allow your own family, your your daughters, your sons, your wife, et cetera, to eat, right? Not just now, but you know, for a couple of months, ideally into the future or years. Um, right. And so that that's a that's a difficult moral decision. But there but it's still one that I think I know my answer to that, that it would be very limited amounts of food that I would give out. Right. Um, because then if you give too much out and people realize that you get the food, well, if they get hungry enough, then they'll be more than happy to steal it and use force to take it from you. So it's, it's a tough moral situation. Sure. With that one, but I'd like to think that there's still an opportunity for us to provide you know, help to people in such a situation. Right. And there's other, you know, plenty of other examples out there that are even more of a, a gray issue, not black and white, um, there's plenty of other, uh, more black and white issues out there, right? Let's not be the people that go and, and, and rape and pillage and steal, right? That's pretty easy. But anyways, um, it, it's, a, it's a very tough topic. Um, Chowder, you still have to tell me about your position on guns. Uh, ups and downs says, I wish I owned guns, but I'm too young for that. Hope that for my birthday, my parents will take me to a NRA shooting range. How old are you? Ups and downs. That's uh, I, I I didn't really get into guns until I was like eighteen. Um, what was my first gun? My first gun was a uh, twenty-two. It was an MMP, like fifteen, so AR fifteen styled, but shoots twenty-two. Um, sold that. Bought an AR fifteen. Bought a uh, nine millimeter Beretta carbine, not a handgun, but got rid of that as well. But anyways, wow, we're going way off topic here. Um, Venezuela. Yes. I want to talk about Venezuela. So if, if you haven't been paying attention, 
obviously Venezuela is in, in a mass amount of economic troubles right now. Have been for a while, and it's only been, you know, recently it's turned into this political problem with with Maduro and and this new Juan uh, Guaido, 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 I think you'd pronounce it, who has basically said, "I'm the new leader of Venezuela." A bunch of people recognize him as such, and and so now there's this political problem here, and you have most of the West supporting this Juan guy, and 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 Maduro's still is the support of of a couple Latin American countries, but of course also Russia, China, and I think Turkey as well. But but now you know just very recently they're dealing with a blackout in Venezuela, and not just a little black blackout, not just Caracas or just like one little city. No, like a, a good chunk of the country does not have power from the grid, and this is like on its fifth day now, and. Uh, you got to think that Venezuela, their 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 government has very limited means to restore this power. Um, now, who caused this power outage? Some people say it was cyber attacks, or at least that's what Maduro says that it was the U.S. And I <laughs> wouldn't doubt it, right? But fact of the matter is that yes, Venezuela's grid is probably in disrepair, and it's just really piling on to some of these issues. Was it the U.S.? Was it not? I don't know. It's it's hard to say, but. The facts of the matter are that this is going to, I think, make things much, much worse in Venezuela. We're going to see things get worse and worse the longer this drags out. And, you know, I think the potential for for civil war is really ratcheting up this, you know, maybe that movement for for a new government, a new leader was maybe stalling out. And, and if anything, this recent blackout is... I think going to stir things back up again. I think it's, I think they need our prayers and I think they need a, uh, I, this could get bad, I guess, if this, if this continues for another couple of days. Um, I think it's on like five days now, but, but it can much, much worse in the future. So, I mean, that's running water, that's power, that's that's uh, people in hospital hospitals on ventilators, et cetera. I mean, this is really going to get bad here pretty soon here. I think the people of Venezuela are, are no, they're not new to this type of, of uh, distress of, of uh, economic problems or power outages or shortages or whatever. But I think you only can, you know, there's a limit to how much they're willing to take at some point. And so tough situation. Uh, okay. Chowder says big second amendment supporter family, in Montana, big into guns. Let's see here. Um, CX4 Scout. Yeah, Breda Carp. It was a CX4 Storm. I don't know what the CX4 Scout is, but yes, I had one. We, I, actually, <laughs> uh, that's a long story. Um, in my not as smart days, it was actually a, a birthday gift for my wife. And yeah, long story short, she didn't like it. I was the stereotypical guy. And I probably am to some extent today, but but it was a nice nine millimeter carbine. I, we sold it. Um, nine millimeter carbines. It's just, especially that one. I liked it, but it wasn't super duper practical. And you know, AR fifteen was was maybe more up my alley. But anyways, uh, why is silver short today? Let's see where silver's at today. Going down some. Not too bad. Um, it's a bit of a pullback, but let's see here.
Yeah, so people are asking here about Venezuela and, and, and silver and gold and how much they're being used. And you know what? I, I couldn't answer it because, you know, there's people speculating on it or whatever. But I don't know. I don't know what how, how often it's used. I know cash, even like the U.S. dollar, um, is used quite a bit in there. But um, as far as silver and gold, I don't know. I, I, I'd like to say that it is used, but I just don't know. Um, let's see here. Ups and downs uh let's see here what did you say 12 i think you are well which is fine i mean there's nothing wrong with that um let's see here so uh your wife didn't like a cx4 storm thing well i mean it's just i don't know i didn't i, I liked it it just wasn't super duper practical uh let's see here uh anyways so we're coming up in an hour here in this chat. If you guys have any questions left, thanks for helping me out with this SWOT analysis. Super, uh, oh, Boeing bonds are loaded by at this time too soon. Did you see that whole story about Boeing? They had another uh, relatively newer production. I think is their 737 MAX uh, uh, airliner go down and uh, uh, in, in shortly after takeoff, I think in Ethiopia, uh, everybody down on board, which is tragic. And, and now they're worried, you know, I think China ordered the grounding of all those models um, that, that, you know, fly out of their airlines. And so now Boeing, uh, there's questions about its uh, financial future and whatnot. Let's see here. Um, Tix Moon, speaking of foreign politics, any news on India and Pakistan? That's uh, a good question. Um, it's a... Uh, not looking i think it's it's better position than it was last week certainly when they were on the brink of of a larger skirmish or larger war it's hard to say where it's at today um so i don't know i'd have to check up on that but i haven't heard a ton about it so it's a good question i mean they've always for for many decades they've been in a a state of you know being that close to war i don't know is this going to end well or not i don't know but i can say one thing that that that's an area that, you know, people talk about South Korea and North Korea or China and the United States or Iran and Israel or whatever, but Indian Pakistan's oftentimes forgotten. And you got to remember that they're both nuclear powers and, and Pakistan in particular has not really promised they're not going to use them first time around because their conventional weapons, their tanks, soldiers, et cetera, are, are kind of dwarfed by, by uh, India. So, Let's see here. Um, Nine two five under asking about stacking with junk jewelry. I mean, yeah, if you can get below spot and you can buy find somebody to buy it, that's not a bad idea. I, me personally, what I would do is I would stack it a large amount if I were to do this, you know, sterling silver and whatnot, and then find somebody to melt it, some or at least somebody that would be able to buy it close to spot, and then put that into. 0.999 or you know three nine or four nine silver or or you know ninety percent silver as well you know, constitutional or something but but I would not hold it as as far as stacking that's my my opinion India buy lots buys lots of gold and silver could that affect the market you know at this point probably not too much but but it's hard to say but maybe you know it, it also depends on what happens to their currency if if you know, this were to escalate, their currency might take a hit. And that could, you know, A, I mean, silver and gold would go up in, in, in rupee terms, but also 
that could spur some buying. And we've seen that in the past as well. A lot of, of Indian demand for those things, especially silver during times of, of poor uh, currency performance, maybe gold as well. I haven't seen gold. I haven't looked into gold demand in India quite as much. Let's see here. Um, Bob Monk, AT&T merger. Don't have a ton to say about that. Um, you'd be stupid. The dollar will be king until it isn't. I buy metals because the moment the dollar isn't king, the metals will decouple from fiat. Become impossible to price if it isn't outlawed. Shouter says uh, he's excited. He had to assume. Excited for the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I'm not watching it too much. I mean, I... Uh, I'll be honest. The only professional sports I really follow these days are NFL. I love basketball. You know, back in the day, I, you know, I played high school. I love playing basketball. Don't mind watching it. Although I like college more than the NBA, but I still don't watch much college basketball. And if I do, it's probably not until, you know, tournament time. Um, when's a uh, selection Sunday? Is that next week or let's see, March madness selection. Sunday. The okay, so next Sunday. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I had uh it, it is I, I like March Madness. I think that's pretty great, but um I had a uh let's see here. Up in Duluth I had a um pair of brothers that uh played in the small um you know, I went to a small high school. And and there's this other small private school, a small Christian school, which historically hadn't had a very good basketball team, but they got these pairs of brothers who, you know, they were starting in varsity in like what seventh or eighth grade, and you know they were two years apart. One was my age, one was two years younger, and uh, they're not doing very well. I think one is currently the now they played single A ball, so they're playing against meaning they they played against smaller schools, not as great at defenses, and when they would play other bigger schools, it'd be high scoring affair. You know, they were the two stars on their team, but they, um, one, I think is the leading scorer in Minnesota all time. And, and because they played so many years on varsity and another one is, is pretty high up there. I don't know if he passed his brother or not, but long story short, one of them went to, uh, uh, so I played against them, which is kind of cool. And then one of them went to, um, like South Dakota state or something like that. And then his younger brother went to a place called Winthrop, I think in North Carolina, Winthrop. And then the other one transferred to Winthrop. So they got to play together there again. And one year, last two years ago, I think they actually made the NCAA tournament, which is cool. They won their, their uh, conference and, and that's how they got in. And I think they lost the first round, but still it was pretty cool um, to see some, some guys that you played against in high school uh, playing on, you know, the biggest, one of the biggest stages in, in college basketball. Let's see here. Uh, 95 Ender, I will be doing a giveaway soon on my metal detecting channel for silver coins for subscribers. Come check it out for a chance at Morgan Dollars and more. Real quick before we head out, we got 60 people still here, so don't leave yet. Before you leave, do me a favor. Go in the description of this live stream and please subscribe to that channel right there. Sub to, it's called Stacker Noob UK. He's a... Uh, He's got his own channel. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because um, he actually contacted me a while ago. And he's like, hey, um, you got the pictures for your videos, basically. And so when – not this one, but if you see some of my videos in the past where they'll uh, uh, have all these different pictures that are always 
streaming kind of like a slideshow you know a lot of them are from him he takes them from his stack and some of them are from mine some of them are from other people's or, or elsewhere but uh subscribe to his channel if you haven't he's coming up on a thousand and so we got uh what, 60 people watching right now and you guys probably have nothing else to do after this you're gonna watch some other video so before you leave go to his channel and subscribe i would love to see his count go up i'm watching it right now it's up 924 Love to see that spike to 950, you know, within the next five minutes. So sub to Stacker Newbie UK in the description. Anyways, that's all I got for you guys today. Hope you enjoyed this live stream. Hope you enjoyed this SWAT analysis and my various rants about gun control or uh, whatever else we talked about today. Um, NCAA basketball. As always, thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for tuning in today and God bless.